0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Gone Viral, an attempt via podcast to humanize the impact COVID-19 is having on small businesses by interviewing the humans that run them. I'm your host, Grant LeBeau. In just a few minutes, we will get to our guest, Allie Bonner, inventor of granola butter, Insta influencer, and founder of Queen Granola Butter. And fun fact, Allie is the first guest of the show I didn't go to college with. All right. As will become painfully obvious, yes, this podcast is an excuse to chat up some of my favorite entrepreneurs slash humans, but hopefully by being honest about the pandemic's effects, both professionally and personally, we will entertain and maybe educate, laugh and maybe cry, but most of all, remind everyone, you are not alone. This situation genuinely sucks for all of us, but we're gonna get through it together. Because this podcast is meant to be a time capsule of sorts and to capture the moment, I think it's helpful to provide some context. So with that in mind, here are some key public health and economic statistics from the date of this interview, April 1st, 2020. There have now been 940,000 total reported cases worldwide with just over 49,000 deaths. That is really scary because both those numbers are up about 10% since yesterday. At that rate, those numbers will double every week. In the US, we just crossed 200,000 active cases and over 6,300 deaths. Remember, the first COVID-related death in the US was March 1st, just a month ago. It took the first 25 days of March to get to 1,200 deaths, and that's how many died in the last 24 hours. On to employment stats. March saw unemployment rise from 35 to 4.4%, essentially seeing the job gains from the last two years wiped out in the last three weeks. That sounds bad, but I would bet that this is just a hint of what's to follow. And although it's a mediocre metric for the we are the 99%, the Dow Jones finished the day at 21,917, down nearly 26% from its all-time high of just over 29.5 seven weeks ago. Let's move on to something more uplifting. My guest today is Allie Bonner, a woman who through a hobby and a passion invented a new food that I literally eat five days a week. Allie will tell us how she first created granola butter, almost on accident, eventually leaving her job in Silicon Valley to create Queen Granola Butter, and that's Queen with a K. Allie will probably be on the cover of Inc. Magazine someday, running a Fortune 500 food company, and we will look back and think, What was that superstar doing on that dinky little podcast? Allie, it's so great to have you here. Uh, Real quick, and with the risk that I will sound like a believer meeting my tiny Canadian idol, I have to rave about Queen because listeners can't see this, but I'm holding up a half-empty jar of your original flavor. And I'm, I'm not just saying this, I actually eat Queen every single day at work.
1: Do you just eat it straight out of the jar, or what's yeah. your go-to? Yeah, yeah,
0: just straight out of the jar. It's so good. I need like two yeah. spoonfuls, and I'm I'm good.
1: Honestly, it's it's so great for like because I mean you know it's like when you're on the go and in the middle of the day. Like sometimes I just I'm hungry, but I and I need something, but I just don't want to like sit down and make something. And I just yeah yeah like two spoonfuls to the face kind of does it for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're describing why we have a company. Sometimes yeah. we just don't want to make a meal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So let's go ahead and have you, oh gosh, I I feel like it's such a teaser to to start with the product, but let's go back to kind of your background starting like uh, college and then there isn't a ton of history since then. Uh, I think you're one of the, I think you're the youngest person I've had on the show so far, Mm
1: -hmm. which is a
0: a credit to how amazing you are. But yeah, go ahead and give us just a a little background.
1: Totally. Um, so yeah, so my kind of journey with food and and this company really started um, back in college. So I went to school up in the Bay Area um, and was studying nutrition up there and actually developed an eating disorder while I was in college um, and really just, you know, had this fixation with food and healthy eating. And um, now it's, you know, a little bit more common. It's called orthorexia. So it's basically an obsession with eating like perfectly clean all the time. So you know, there's different types of disordered eating. For some people, it's, you know, anorexia, bulimia. But for me, I just, you know, I was pretty much the same weight, you know, and looked the same as I do now. But um, I was just I had this sort of mental preoccupation with what I was eating and the quality of my food. And um, I think now it's becoming more and more, um, you know, common because healthy eating is more prevalent. And um, people are just becoming more, you know, aware of what they're putting in their bodies. But um, I think I just took it to like, the next level. And um, it was just really unhealthy for me mentally. So I kind of continued all through college. And then um, I graduated, moved into the city in San Francisco, um, and started working in tech, and was still kind of struggling, um, you know, but I started seeing someone who really helped me just redefine my relationship with food and took it from a place of, you know, really sort of quantitative. So I was obsessed with calories and grams and macros and um, you know, just kind of sucked all the life out of the enjoyment and pleasure of eating and food. And she really, you know, taught me to look at food as nourishment and, you know, nourishing your body and feeding your body with like whole um, you know, real food. And I think just that mindset shift was everything for me. Um, And just getting away from the numbers and away from that and really just getting back in the kitchen and, you know, um, playing with my food again. And so I started my Instagram account, which I still run today. Um, which, which is, is called is? Avo Queen. <laughs> and which the name by the way is so funny. People are like, what does it mean? Like they think it's this, and even the name of our company is Queen. Um, which queen, is qu-
0: a- and, but sp- spell that real quick.
1: Yeah. K W E E N. Okay. So it's Like, yes. Queen. Um, but yeah. So a lot of people are like, what's the meaning? And like, I mean, there's definitely, you know, a meaning to like. Eating like royalty, you know, treating your body like a queen, like you can kind of go all of you know off on all those tangents. But for us, really, it was just when I started the company, I was like, oh, my Instagram handle is Avo Queen, like you know, and yes, Queen was like very popular at the time, so I was like, I'm just gonna roll with it. And um, so yeah, so there's not really like you know a super deep meaning to it, but um, yeah, so I started my Instagram account really just to document, you know, there's people out there that have like fitness ones to try and keep themselves accountable um, to like eat healthy. But for me, it was actually the opposite where I kind of needed to loosen up. So, you know, I used my Instagram account as a way to get creative in the kitchen. I was doing all these like drippy, crazy recipes, um, and just really getting, you know, playing, getting my hands dirty with food. And so I was, you know, just experimenting and doing this kind of raw dessert bar. And I threw some granola in a blender threw some, a little bit of coconut oil. And I was making like a crust, And I created this like butter, like spread with granola. And I was like, I tasted it and I was like, wow, this actually is like pretty good. And then I just had this idea because there was, you know, nut butters and then there was cookie butter. And I was like, wow, no one has ever created like a spread from granola. Um, And I Googled it on my phone. I was like standing in my kitchen in San Francisco and nothing came up and I was like, huh, like either this is the dumbest idea ever, (laughs) or like there's a reason that no one's done it, or, you know, I'm about to break the internet or whatever.
0: Or you're a genius.
1: I'm an evil genius. And, um, and so Eric, my partner and um, boyfriend was in, was at my house at the time. And he was like, Oh my gosh, like this is such a great idea. Really kind of egging me on to, to do something with it. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like I was kind of just not sold on it. And we were both working in tech and like, you know, I had a fine paycheck and I wasn't really looking to leave my job. And then we realized there was a huge, um, white space for you know a lot of kids were in nut-free schools and they couldn't bring PB&J to school anymore and you know the only option out there were like seed butters Um, and they really didn't like the taste of a lot of the seed butters out there they're kind of bitter and stuff so we saw there actually was a white space and so we went for it Um, we worked on it for part-time for between it depends because I left my job a little sooner than he did but um, about six to eight months and then um, decided to jump in full-time and moved down here to San Diego, and we're just still grinding that butter.
0: (laughs) I I, I love it. And so, I I think I told you this, but I I originally had the idea for for this podcast to talk to founders and and kind of about their path, and then obviously with coronavirus being front and center, uh, it's pivoted a little bit away and and more into uh, more of a immediate documenting kind of exactly what's happening to us now but one of the reasons why I had you on my list from the from the get-go from when I first met you was because of your kind of unique story moving away from what I think a lot of people, especially in college going, to, especially those who go to college in the Bay Area,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, and you went to? I went to Berkeley.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's like, <laughs> I knew it was, I, it was either it was either Berkeley or Stanford. Okay, so you went to Berkeley. Uh, and And I would imagine that, come first, second, first or second semester, but basically senior, senior year, when all the career fairs start coming to your school, it's like this big kind of whatever measuring contest about, Oh, who'd you get interviews with? What, what offers did you get? And, and I would imagine more so in the Bay area than normal, the creme de la creme, the, the upper echelon of what you can be, or at least what you think is the best possible option is working in tech.
1: Totally. And that's, what's so funny is Eric actually, our senior year, cause we started dating junior year. And I remember that so vividly our senior year, it was um, September. Like we were just starting our senior year and he had a full-time offer with Accenture for October of the following year, you know, and like fat salary, like signing bonus. He was going to be moving to New York. So he had a relocation bonus. And I'm just like, like, I remember talking to my parents about it. And I was just like, how is this? But it was so, it was like a competition. Like, Totally. All my friends were getting jobs, you know, like right when we started our senior year, being in tech is like what everyone was doing. I,
0: I, I just, I, there's something broken with the system, but it's like for three years at a liberal arts school, you're told to, to pursue your passions and, and do what what speaks to you and like do well by doing good in the world. And then all of a sudden, career fair comes and the people who appreciate that schooling that you have are. Accenture and Facebook and Google and Bank of America and Goldman. And it's like, wait a minute, this is not what I went to school for. But it, it becomes this whole like senior year of high school all over again. It's like, where where'd you apply? Wh- where did you where did you get in? And it's like just this bizarre competition. And so it's funny that, you know, you went full in into that into Silicon Valley and then basically, you know, had your your grand epiphany. I guess I'm saying that your first few years out of school, you really learn a lot in terms of who you are, where your priorities are, how to budget, etc. And that it's really impressive that so early on, you took such a huge leap to such a drastically different field from tech to an unproven food that you literally invented. And now one of the upsides of working at a larger company is the opportunity to learn from others, specifically looking at the systems in place, which have to balance the trade off between maximizing profits and the creativity slash personality that made it so great to begin with. And by the way, how big was the company that you worked for right out of college?
1: I mean, it was like a mid-size startup. So I, when I started with them, there was like 70 employees. And then when I left, there was probably like 250. So and like it, we were one of the, we were really fast, you know, growing pretty quickly, but um, it still wasn't like a Facebook or like a Google or something.
0: Right, I mean, yeah. <laughs> n- not many are. Uh, yeah. And is that company still around and kicking?
1: yeah they're doing great um yeah i actually check in once in a while because i have some stock there so i'm like
2: how are we doing (laughs) right right how are things going (laughs) um
0: and did you feel like you were able to learn lessons there that you've taken with you or was it such a drastically different experience
1: yeah i mean i think you know i think starting out and that's the thing like i always talk about with you know on social media and even my friends that are like oh my god you know you're killing it, or it looks so cool to be an entrepreneur. Like I think entrepreneurship and like starting a business is very glamorized, as I'm sure. Like
2: oh, absolutely. You have,
1: like you probably have friends that are like, oh, like you know, because people just don't know the day to day, and you only see what you see on social media. And like, of course, we're just going to post like the badass things we do on social media, right, Of course, that, like I'm mean, sure about it's what social and, like, media is for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a highlight reel. So yeah, so like. I don't want to ever dissuade anyone from doing their own thing. Cause like, you know, that's what we're both doing, but I think there is so much value to graduating college and like just earning, you know, basically earning your keep and just like learning the ropes before you jump in and do your own thing. I think some people are what like better equipped at just starting in, you know, and starting a company right after they graduate. I personally like really needed that sort of structure and, and learning just, you know, email etiquette and um how to, you know, what makes a good manager and um and all of these things. And so that was actually really helpful for me. Um, I think, you know, I was there about three, three and a half years, three years. So it was a nice amount of time where I felt like, you know, I kind of reached a ceiling of how much I was learning and I was ready for something new. So I would have either like switched jobs or, you know, left and done my own thing so um but i think eric because he came from the consulting side he brought so much knowledge that you learn in consulting too just you know really because i was working for a startup so it was like yeah i was learning things but it was very startupy and still kind of hacky and it wasn't like an accenture where they had you know it was very um formulaic place. yeah to- yeah so many systems so he brought i think we brought like a very nice blend of things um yeah but both of us, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have traded our path for anything because like we still did take a lot of things, even if it was from tech, like, you know, a lot of the lean startup sort of mentality yeah. things still translates to the food industry. So,
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially, so you can share this if, if you want or not, but have you guys taken funding with queen?
1: So, well, we were actually in the middle of raising our first round. Um, okay. Like we were just, starting, um, right as Corona sort of came onto the scene. So, um, oh boy. Sort of, yeah, so it was kind of rough because we had tons of interest and, you know, we were just about to like get some, um, some contracts signed and like some money come through and then everything kind of hit. And, you know, the people who we were talking to didn't say anything, but we kind of have just paused because yeah. like, we'd rather just kind of wait it out. And for now, but, um, yeah, it was, the worst time we were like, cause you know, funding, I mean, it's a full-time job and like we had talked about it for so long. And I felt like we finally got to the point where we were like, okay, we got our shit together. Um, cause like, there's always, you know, stuff that pops up in your day to day and you're like, Oh, we can fundraise tomorrow. We can fundraise tomorrow. Oh, and absolutely. We where we were like, okay, let's do this. Like we need to stop, you know, like freaking out. And um, yeah.
2: yeah. And,
0: then, and, and that's like, also, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's something that, you know it's almost the, the the climate that we had bc before covid for yeah. fundraising was i would say about as good as it's been in a really really long time right yeah. mm-hmm. i mean the economy is booming there's there's money out there it's known that there is money to be made in food that you can, that there's scalability and that you can get a decent multiple and and it's it's not tech but nothing is, but that mm-hmm. there's definitely money to be made. And that uh, there's, there are all, all sorts of levels of funding available if you're looking for it. And then something like COVID comes around and obviously, you know, we're in, I don't know, day 14, 15, so, something around there. For, <laughs> for, I, I know. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that meme. That's like pre COVID days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then <laughs> Mid COVID days of the week: yesterday, today, tomorrow, and that's it. Because it's like every day is basically Groundhog Day almost, and especially so for true. for small business owners, I think, where you're just your your day to day is basically trying to to 100 pivot into a new new revenue streams and basically just try to keep the lights on, mm-hmm. just to and not necessarily to pause, but like pause what you had going on, basically put that on ice. And then hopefully find other sources of revenue to bridge us from to until things kind of thaw out back to some sense of normalcy.
1: Exactly. And that's what I keep telling myself. I'm like, hopefully this is, you know, there is a silver lining here of it is forcing us because we were thinking about doing, you know, Facebook ads and leaning into e-commerce more and stuff. And so that's what I keep thinking and telling yes. myself, um, which we can get into. But yeah, like our food service accounts have all been you know down and because a lot of stores even you know if they're essential they're and they're still open like people aren't venturing out and getting you know yeah. yeah so yeah and so, like so I
0: know people- I, I know that you and I share well so, so the way that you and I met was actually at a trade show at an industry trade show and it was because we had shared an account and it yeah. was a, a, a larger juice store a juice chain mm-hmm. uh, one of the larger ones and and uh, Queen had already secured them as an account, and and we were, I think, at that time, aspiring to be a customer of theirs or or a supplier of theirs. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, so that that's how we met, and so it, I mean that that was a, a a huge win that that your company had at the time, and I know right now they're basically on pause as well. I mean mm-hmm. that's that the 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 smoothie bar, juice chain, coffee shop. That 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 industry is just getting absolutely murdered right now. I mean, oh, I, I talked to I, I asked I was asking for um for a another local juice chain here in San Diego to contribute to our um, our donation boxes that we've been putting together for the for the ER staffs. At, oh, nice. uh, at, yeah, at UCSD and and uh, at Scripps. And they, they basically just leveled with me and were like, yeah, we just had to lay off like 95% of our staff.
2: No so way.
0: donations aren't really something that's yeah. viable right now. And, and so I, I, I totally get where, where you're coming from in terms of the, having the, the retail partners basically who you supply wholesale to basically just being on ice where they're like, yeah, we may be open we may not, but even if we are open, chances are it's, it's one person in the store basically trying to sell what they either already have made or they're, they're probably reducing the menu, reducing open hours, uh, just trying to have some source of revenue and trying to, trying to stay on people's radar
2: essentially.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even retail, like I, right before this podcast, I was at Whole Foods grocery shopping and like, it's crazy how, you know, the shelves and people were like, flooding the grocery store probably a week ago Yep. and now I went in and like it just I feel like people like stocked up and hoarded a bunch of stuff and so then I was yeah. like great like retail sales are up and right. then I was there today and there was like it was dead like there was no one because people don't want to go out they don't want to go so like I'm kind of confused what retail is going to look like if sales are going to you know skyrocket and then plummet and or if it's going to be this like I don't know what do you like what do you do what do you think
0: so we have done our very best to avoid grocery, yeah. And the reason why is in the energy bar business. It, if you're in grocery, you know it, it, it. would take me five minutes to find us in a store. So we so we were in uh, we were in thirty Whole Foods locations before we started doing our Costco road shows.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would
0: go into and and the way that we did it was with kind of what's known locally as a as a hunting license where you're not put into their planogram but it's up to the the manager's discretion where you get placed and so that's a way for small businesses to get into Whole Foods and I'm not sure if and that was a couple years ago so I'm not sure if that's even still an option since the the Amazon um or since Amazon acquired Whole Foods Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I know they've tried to centralize which is uh I think a, a very common misconception that uh, Whole Foods loves to shop local and Costco is on the op- opposite end of the spectrum when in fact, they're actually, I think they've passed each other moving in opposite directions on, on that spectrum yeah. where Costco is actually, I think, moving more in that that direction of moving local. So like we only do San Diego Costco's, like we're, it's like a 50 mile radius. And we, granted, we, we only do the road shows. So it's just like our our foot's just in the door. But with Whole yeah. Foods, we basically had to go into. We went into physically into thirty different stores and sold into each one individually. And mm-hmm. so, while that seemed like a really big win for us, the what it meant practically was that we were put, you know, on basically shoelace level, or is like, hey, if you want some rickoruns at this Whole Foods, you got to go to the, you got go to go go find the janitor, get the secret key. It's in yeah. the closet behind the 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 facade wall, like. I mean, obviously, it's like a uh, you make it's an exaggeration, yeah, yeah, totally. but that's how that's how it felt, and it was, so you were right. never in the same place, and it was just really difficult to to find. So we ended up basically kind of pulling out of Whole Foods and focusing more on on the road shows, and then focusing on the the, the everything that's affected now. So the juice bars, yeah. the coffee shops, because in a juice bar or coffee shop, if you're one of the the, the energy bars there, you're probably one of between one and. 5 max and i would say the average is probably 2 or 3 maybe so for us like we're really only in the local grocery stores and even then like it's not it's not been a huge portion of our business so it's funny that that well it's not funny that you bring that up it's totally natural that you bring that up mm-hmm. I, I, for us we've been debating internally do we go focus on grocery stores as a way of adapting to this big change because for the first Week of this, I would say the uh, maybe like the first the, the middle weeks of March, mm-hmm. it was like everything is sold out. Toilet paper is gold. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like you know waiting to 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 see the opening night of of star you know of Star Wars or or whatever with lines down right. the street to get into Costco, and then all of a sudden everyone basically like I feel like I feel like there was like every collective breath and was like oh I'm I'm at home. And my yeah. garage is overflowing with canned goods. Maybe I should start now. Like, maybe I have to eat some of this food. Actually, I can't just continue to purchase. So it was like s- s- sales skyrocketed, and then are now like w- we're still waiting to see just how far it drops off to figure out what the new normal is. Exactly. So, yeah. To to answer your question, like I I guess I, I don't have a great guess. We're definitely going to start putting more time into grocery stores because Mm -hmm. i i mean frankly we just like the, the band we have so much available bandwidth that was spent on that 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 c store that that juice bar coffee shop uh type location especially the mom and pops that are just you know (laughs) it's <laughs> basically either their doors are yeah. shuttered. They're just like, you know, there's no cash flow for them right now. So that's it's it's not a great place uh, to, be, yeah. to be selling into. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm right there with you, kind of debating between grocery and
1: ecom. Mm-hmm. I you, mean, at the end of the right? day, like it's kind of, I mean, everyone's gonna, you know, everyone has to eat, right? And it's just a matter of like how people are gonna choose to grocery shop. I I read somewhere that um, like 30 percent of the U.S this past month or this past week, um, chose to order their groceries online, like a grocery delivery, which is crazy. And so I think a lot of people are, you know, trying to do more Amazon now and stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah. In- so, Instacart is probably boom.
1: Yeah. But a lot of those workers I, I read the other day they um, I think they was, were on strike yesterday. Yeah, I, I was
0: going to say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it's like better,
0: better working conditions, better protections, better health coverage. Yeah. And even the employees.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone, they're like, you know, the first responders they are on the front line. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I just think things are going to probably somewhat stay the same, but it's just going to be much more dramatic where I think people are going to go to the grocery store maybe once every two weeks, once every week and a half instead of once every couple of days, like here and there for certain things. So, but I think the m- amount that they're going to buy is going to be higher when they go, so it's like it'll probably even out, but um yeah, it's just like hard to predict and you know, UNFI and all these distributors are like probably freaking out trying to figure out like Right. how much to put in, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's actually a, that's actually a, a, a really good segue when you talk about so UNFI is one of the biggest natural foods distributors and I know basically what, At least as we've reached out to potential new customers in the grocery space, whether it's distributors um, or individual grocery stores, most people, again, going back to the the theme of this show is the pause button. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: No one wants to bring on no one wants to pioneer a new product that's kind of unproven, which I would say probably is both your your product and mine is it, it takes a little bit of explaining when you go to the grocery buyer right mm-hmm. it's not like you're walking in going hey we have cliff bars or hey we have yeah. jiffy peanut butter everybody right. knows what it is you don't have to explain it to anybody do you want it right whereas i walk in i'm like hey we have Ricaroons. they're coconut energy bars and they're gluten-free and they taste really good and people are like it's a what a rune? i'm like ah, okay <laughs> and i'm sure you're watching it we're walking in going hey i got this amazing granola butter it's like it's unlike anything you've ever had nothing exists like it in the market and people are like nothing exists like it. Well, then I don't know what to compare it to. And the price point's too high and get it out of my face. I'm trying to feed coronavirus zombies right now, basically.
1: Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. And that's, I think, Ben, the trickiest part is like, we were in this huge explosive, I mean, not explosive, but hold on. Squishy's playing with the toy. I don't want it to be.
2: You were
0: were (laughs) Um, filling your swimming pool with cash.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. But we were like, you know, we were really, I felt like you were saying, I mean, right before this all, hit. Like it was a great time to raise money. Like, you know, things were kind of booming. And so I had this huge list of, you know, I was cranking with sales, getting into new markets and it was like, boop, like, you know, stop sign immediate, just halting, you know, screeching halt. And then now, you know, I've, I've kind of started to test the waters cause we've had a couple small markets reach out um, more recently for like to open new wholesale accounts. But I reached out to someone the other day and she was like, it's really in poor taste. For you to be reaching out right now you know to, to like to try and sell me a new product or whatever like we're just trying to get by so yeah I think it's really store to store and i mean of course it's like okay like i get that but at the same time like you know we're trying to stay afloat like everyone's just trying to survive and so it's everyone's like it's just sales. doing their best yeah and so i think the sales side of things is really tricky because it's like it like we can't really necessarily reach out to new markets um but maybe yeah. the smaller ones would be more receptive i don't know have you had any experience with that? Or are you kind oh. of just like focusing on other things?
0: I mean, we've seen we've seen uh, our online sales are record setting, like probably four or five x. Mm-hmm. It's it's been great, but our online sales are normally, I said this on last night's podcast, like three to seven percent of our monthly sales. So yeah. even though it's up five x, the rest of the company is down like. 95%, so it's nowhere near making up for the rest of that revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as reaching out to new customers, uh, we've had a couple reach out to us and frankly, I'm just I'm like surprised to even hear from anybody with any sort of positive news. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that we're again probably in a somewhat similar place to you. so or I mean, I'll just explain and then you can tell me if it's somewhat new or somewhat yeah. similar so we had just changed the shape of our bar from i don't know if you actually had it but we changed from no, the, from no, the old puck yeah so we actually changed to more of like a standard eye like more of a standard um kind of a, a thinner and square rectangular shape
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it tastes better has like a better mouth feel the moisture content is better like the shelf life's better there's so many things So basically, yeah. Like I'm eating more now of my product than I have for the last like probably four years, just because I'm actually craving it. Which is, you know, when it's your own product and you've had a billion of them.
2: Oh my
1: god, that says
0: something, right? The
1: vanilla. I was like, thank God it's a new flavor. Like all the time. Like, do you just eat granola butter every day? I'm like, no. I right. It depends who's asking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's (laughs) true. That's true. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. But now I'm eating it again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I, I totally hear you. And and so basically, what I guess what I'm saying is, so we were super jazzed, we were super enthused about this new and improved product that we had, and so we had just loaded up, we had just produced a ton of it. And this is a, all of last night's podcast was basically about how you load up on in or how you, the the buying cycle, basically how yeah. you you prepare. And I know it's a little bit different for you because you have such a unique product that you have your own space, so you don't have to produce quite as much uh, ahead of time, but. So uh for us, we basically have a ton of inventory on hand because we were assuming that the positive growth trend was going to continue, and we were super excited to share it with people, and then we also have new a new packaging release coming up, which was going to be in the next couple of weeks, and then now, uh, you know we have to sell through all the projects we have on hand. so I don't know it's, it could be like twenty twenty seven before this new packaging <laughs> release is you know actually available. So this is a really long way of saying we were really enthusiastic about our sales prospects like March was going to be the our it was going to be our best month ever and now it's like we're back in month 5 as a company as opposed to month 75
2: mm-hmm. and
0: figuring out where to focus those energies is just I mean that's the, that is the question right now mm-hmm.
2: and it totally I, is yeah
0: yeah and so I would imagine that it, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, I can totally um, I can commiserate with you and, and that feeling of or that, even that, 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 that the, the the owner had when she said, you know, it's really rude of you to even be or inconsiderate. Or what, what did she say it was?
1: It's in poor taste.
0: In poor taste. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I was
1: like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah. And you know, you're like offended, but at the same time, you're like, you know, you get it. Right. I mean, like yeah. we're, we're all just trying to keep the lights on and, and she's in a place where she's, she's obviously hurting financially and is like, you know, is this business that I've put my, poured my heart and soul into, is it all going to come crashing down? How quickly can I get federal funding to just to keep the lights on? So, yeah, I mean, as far as reaching out to new customers, what we are, our approach has been basically trying to like very um, words, some like very gentle emails that are like, that are, that are just very honest and I think I actually started one of them with uh, real talk. Mm. We're, we're in a place we, where uh, our, the world, our, our business world, as we've known it, is basically like on fire, and we're at some point, we're all going to get through it, hopefully. And I would love to send you some samples. I don't need a response. I don't need feedback, I don't need anything. But when we get out of this you, at which we will you know we have to have you know prepared for that moment at least a little bit right so let me send you just a tiny box just for you it's, you don't have to share it with your team hopefully you like it and then in two or three months we can talk about it and until then if you want like a shoulder to cry on give me a call yeah so that that's <laughs> that's kind that. of been my message to to my existing customers uh have, have you, how have you been treating your existing customers? And then we'll talk about, we'll, we'll go back to, to reaching out to, to new customers.
1: Yeah. I mean, so the existing customers, I've been kind of just, and we, I had just talked with Eric about this yesterday. I've kind of just been leaving them be like, I haven't reached out cause we, I, I talked to him yesterday. I'm like, should we, like you were saying, should we kind of reach out and be like, we're here for you? Or are they so, you know, crazy trying to keep up that you know they don't like we're either not going to get a response they'll probably just read it and be like oh I can't even respond <laughs> or right. they're going to be like annoyed that I'm checking in and think there's some you know
0: like hidden motive or know, alter- hidden yeah.
1: motive. yeah and so I haven't reached out yet I feel like now that things are kind of dying down um is a good time so it's interesting that you brought that up but yeah I mean like I said we've really been just focusing on e-com and playing around like I've been trying to learn Facebook ads as quickly as I can. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, and just trying to teach myself that and you know creating new content and just really leaning into the amount that people are on their phones. I think a lot of people are home and like you know Instagram Facebook like social. Oh. Like my screen report was Yeah, I was just going to say day. that. Yeah. Oh, it was horrific. What was yours? it was up 20%. I don't even remember the number, uh, but it was yeah. And, you know, part of me rationalizes it because I'm like, well, it's work, you know, and it's like, Allie, no, I'm just watching Ozark and scrolling at night, you know, so. Ooh,
0: yes. First of all, uh, Netflix sponsor us so that we can talk about Ozarks. <laughs> um, yeah. And so good. Did you finish the, the third season?
1: No, don't tell me. I'm on season, I'm halfway through season two. So I have started Gosh. really late. Yeah. But,
0: all right. Well, my wife and I I'm are finishing. on, I think we're on episode five or six. And my dad is farther ahead than I am who I work with daily. And this show is so dark. And yeah. he comes in the other day. He's like, you, you watching Ozarks? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, man, that show's I said, man, that, that show is dark. And he just goes, and it just gets darker. Oh, It's man. like, oh, my gosh. How could it possibly get <laughs> any darker?
2: Darker. Oh, my man, God. It's I know. Like, And just
1: like the lighting in the show is just literally it's dark. It's literally
0: like, dark. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, it's a good show, though.
0: Yeah. It's a great show. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think I had back to back like 15, 20% increases week over week of, of, of total screen use time. And yes. it's like, oh gosh, it, think how many languages I could have learned is, is like always where my brain goes. And it's not a healthy way uh, to, to look at it. But I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm so glad you brought that up.
1: I know. Well, maybe it's the people that I follow. And it's like, you know, the fact that I follow mostly like wellness influencers, but God, it's been, it's been such a hit to my ego to wake up every morning and see like, people are just like, freaking doing like five home workouts a day. I feel like they're like, everyone's reorganizing everything. Like people are being so productive in this right. time. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like I'm stress eating. I'm like barely, you know, able to function. Like, I don't know how it's to
0: yeah, it's like people are are taking one of two paths. There's like like yeah. when they like if, like when the curtain lifts and we're all able to like just like have this weird moment where we all walk outside of our homes. I feel like <laughs> there's gonna be two types of people. There's gonna be like the 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 guys with like the big beards and like unkempt hair. Like everyone needs everyone's <laughs> yeah. gonna need a haircut and a shave basically as right. as guys and like. You know, my sisters are always joking, like, oh, well, I guess I'm never shaving my legs again because, like, oh <laughs> you're God, not going out in the public.
1: Oh, and man, there's so many memes of, like, the, yeah, what girls right. are going to look like post-quarantine. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Have the, the, you seen, like, the the four-frame one where it's, like, the the eyebrows the <laughs> um, that are going to be, like, all crazy? Like, like the
1: like, eyelashes, yeah. Yeah,
0: eyelashes, yeah. Nails, all, like, the, <laughs> the, gel, the gel nails that are, like, all grown out. And then there's going to be, like, that second type of person who's going to be walking out like, you know, shirtless with like their, their giant six pack holding their freshly baked sourdough that they, that they perfected over the course of this speaking Italian or, you know, intermixed with Mandarin because they had time to learn both and really utilized all this work from home time. Because if you're, I mean, I mean, to be honest, like if you're working for a big giant company and you're working from home and you now have like, you have no commute and, let's be honest like you're probably not working as much because you're working yeah. from home like and you have that that steady consistent paycheck these times are not that bad for you
1: oh, especially no. if you're
0: even like remotely introverted
1: oh totally yeah this is like an introvert's time to shine i yeah. mean honestly like think about it it's like it's kind of incredible but again it's a very i feel like it's a very small set like small subset of people And it's also, like, the more privileged you are, the more enjoyable these times are. And Right. You know, like...
0: Wherever you were going into this is now magnified.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, no, I I actually read a really interesting article. I forget who wrote it, but it was talking about how, yeah, just the, like, how it's, you know, the division of classes of, like, this kind of flight of people, especially in New York City, who are escaping to their Hamptons houses or whatever to, like, to ride it out. And it's just like, it was really interesting perspective. Cause like, you know, especially it's probably magnified in New York and like on the East coast, but yeah, it is very much, you know, the more, the more privileged you are, you know, you're able to kind of, Oh, let me just ride it out in my like Hampton's house and, you know, and chill here where like a lot of people, it's like, okay, this is now I don't have a paycheck. now. you know, I don't have food. Yeah. Like Yeah. And- so,
0: yeah absolutely and then i mean as since this show is obviously based around small business owners the uh, going back to what i was saying about how everything is magnified all of the uncertainty and risk that is inherent in owning your own business is now 5x 10x what whatever xx it's bigger it's bigger it's there's just this whole level of uncertainty that you know, and uh, that, that continues to compound the longer this goes on.
1: Mm-hmm. right? But I think too, like there has been, at least for me, some comfort in, in just having everyone going through the same thing. Like it's pretty rare that unless you're saying like you're that rare person that's like has a cushy job or whatever, but pretty much everyone I know has been affected negatively in some way. Like even my mom, who's a, she owns her own practice. She's a dentist. And I was like, wow, you know, like healthcare, she's pretty chillin but like she had to close her office, you know, and she yeah. had to, you know, I guess not fire, but what's the word when you're, is it like furlough? furloughed? furloughed. Yeah. Like all her hygienists, you know, and it's just crazy. It's like even people who you think, you know, have a very steady, you know, job and safe and secure. It's like, even she's kind of like, wait, she was about to retire too. So she's like, I guess I'm not going to Vegas for my retirement. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: She's like, am I retired?
1: Am I retired? Yeah. Like it's just, am I done? Yeah.
0: Uh, NPR did a, there, I think, I think that was today where they were talking about one of the larger, uh, hospital groups in the country. They had to lay off a bunch of people because they had to lay off a bunch of like, uh, like surgery techs because they're all of the elective surgeries, like there just isn't enough work because everyone's putting them off. And so that, that normal workflow, that normal like amount of people coming through the door each day, because that is also probably precipitously dropped off they're just, there isn't revenue coming in. So it doesn't make sense for those hospitals to keep them employed. And 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 it's kind of counterintuitive because we all think of hospitals. And it's funny, we did a, a drop off today at Scripps La Jolla and Scripps Mercy. And when you drive up to a hospital because of how much we hear about COVID just, I mean, it's it's all we hear about, right. It's, it's, you would go on Instagram, like it's your source of humor with memes. it's your source of news on whether it's TV or like any source of media. And so it's very in your face, but then when you actually go to a hospital, it doesn't, at least for me, like it didn't, it doesn't live up to expectations of like, you know, uh, something out of like gray's anatomy or it's an active trauma scene. And they're like, we're triaging and people are like, you know, a nurse or a doctor is like straddling the the, the guy on the gurney <laughs> and is actively shocking him. It's like clear, and it's like no, yeah. it's not like that it's at all. Pretty
1: chill, yeah. It's,
0: it's pretty. It's pretty chill. Everyone's fine. Not everyone's yeah. fine, but like things are slow moving because you can't actually see a lot of it, and so a lot of this is just kind of. Uh, it, even though it's a uh, public health pandemic, it's still going to be affecting people differently. Within the medical world, so dentistry, mm-hmm. something that is like recession-proof, basically, right? It's like people right, need yeah. their teeth. You know, if you have a cavity, like you have a cavity, and like wow. yeah, you might be able to go through it a little bit longer. Is that is that squishy? <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, I <I'm> just muted.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're adorable, dog.
2: He's he's a
1: double. He's cupid psycho. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, that's okay. I, I have one of those. Um. Yeah, so I guess basically there there are so many effects to this that until you really dive deep, um, it's just so hard to paint with with broad strokes regardless of the industry.
1: Totally, yeah. No, and I think too, it's like realizing that there's also going to be this... It'll be interesting to see the businesses that crop up out of this
2: too. Like I was talking
1: to someone and she was like, we should invent... um, like a women's line of clothing that looks really good on zoom or you know what I mean like oh genius a genius yes. like things that people are gonna think of or you know just like I mean it's gonna change the way I think that people just interact with each other too like I've noticed even you know I'm kind of more distant and of course it's right now because we're all like social distancing yeah. Six but feet. Six think, feet. yeah but I think like it's gonna take a while after things do return to normal um to really kind of like run up to your friends and hug them. And I just think like, we're going to be sort of like a little bit, I don't know, like not as touchy or I just
0: feel yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I,
2: like
0: I was, I was, so my, I, I work with my sister and she came with me today to do the, the hospital deliveries. And on the way home, we were, I, I was asking her about that because she has a, a pre-existing lung condition. So she's kind of in this at risk Uh, group of people. And so she's been very careful about taking preventative measures and, you know, wearing the face mask and (laughs) and, and, like truly social distancing, like no exceptions. Um, And and my question to her was, so at what point, like what, what are you looking for exactly before you, before you start reducing those uh, daily exposures to other people? When do you stop wearing a mask? Do we just kind of become like you know uh like a lot of asian countries already you know w- it's very normal to be wearing a face mask in public transit for example
2: mm-hmm. right
0: yeah is that is that going to be our new thing are we like is hugging going to be this like incredible level of of uh like closeness like indicated, you know because now it's like all right yeah. hey well you know we just met but we hung out tonight and hugs all right great i'll see you later now is it going to be like I need to have known you for ten years. I need to know everyone on your family tree. I need a DNA test before can you spit (laughs) into this little. Can I get a a quick cheek swab?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it's super interesting. I think. I mean, time will tell. But I think. I think too. It's going to be. I mean, it's so cool how quickly we're able to adapt, and how. I mean, that is really incredible. Like all my friends who are fitness instructors, you know, out in New York City, a lot of them are. Pretty big deals, you know, for Nike and Equinox, and had like amazing jobs. And now, you know, they immediately just sprung into action. Now they're doing Instagram live workouts every single day, and like, you know, thousands of people are tuning in. And so, I think like just being able to adapt and pivot, like in any industry, is really just the you know who's going to succeed, right? Right? It's like how right. quickly can you? I don't know, roll with the punches.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something too. That it's one thing if you if you're a big tech company and you're sitting on a mountain of cash and you have a ton of young and enthusiastic and, and quick to learn 20 somethings who are, are who have grown up and in this lean startup, you know, fail fast, fail often, uh, uh, you know, t- that type of mentality. Yeah. You, you can pivot. You can pivot just fine because you know, you have a trillion dollars in cash and like, you're gonna be just fine, right? And you and you can yeah. you can you can analyze what the market needs are. It's a lot harder if you're a brick and mortar coffee shop. Like, wh- wh- how do you pivot? You're like, okay, well, I have yeah. I have twenty thousand dollars in coffee roasting equipment sitting behind me. I have <laughs> yeah. fifteen blenders and like all of my supply chain is wheatgrass and juices and berries and and coffee beans and so like if that's what you do it's not like every coffee shop that's out there can just all of a sudden pivot into a fully sustainable e-com site that also employs everyone that they were once employing. Right. Cause those e-com oh, like yeah. when you can move to e-com, like you're pretty much reducing, like you can reduce your workforce or outsource everything. It's like the fulfillment centers. That's another uh, industry that's going to probably start mm-hmm. booming.
1: Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, it's just funny too. Like I drove by when I was at Whole Foods, it's right by that Milton's in Delmar, and like, Mm -hmm. they set up just kind of like, and Milton's, I mean, it's like a pretty big, you know, brand, like they have bread all over the damn place. And they set up this like super janky, like pop-up tent outside with like a handwritten, like Sharpie sign on like white printer paper that said drive through. And like this, like, you know, college kid that they were paying to just like sit there and basically like hand orders over to people. But it's like, that's all they can do, right? Like what else can they do? Like they can't pivot to an e com site, you know, all of a sudden, like, I mean, yeah it's just I don't know. I feel like people are just Yeah, they're
0: like, we, we, we make bread. That's all yeah. we do. We make bread. And, yeah. and it's really hard when you make a product that's four dollars, how do you make that in an, an, an ecom viable, economically viable uh, e-com product? Like there are just some products that are just really difficult to sell online, because yeah. shipping you know, it's hard to ship a, a bigger package for and not double the price of your loaf of bread.
2: Exactly. So, yeah,
0: yeah, but I want to go back to um, kind of what, what we are going to be doing, uh, uh, you know, so we have basically, we're starting to get a sense of what the new normal is, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I think they just announced again today that they're that the, the national guidelines are shelter in place, and their guidelines they are not, they made a very distinct uh, uh, delineation yeah. it's, a, it's a guideline it's not a law because I know some governors are still not doing anything really and that's super lame that like we're out here well not yeah. out here we're in here right. uh, sh- sheltering in place and not, and like I feel like it's on a local level it's good that everyone is buying into it but I, I do wish that everyone on a national level was also buying into it because I feel like it right. would lessen the impact on all of us eventually but whatever I
2: digress. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so we're starting to see this new normal. And you were asking me about how I am approaching newer customers. And, and you were also talking about how, you know, how important it is to be able to pivot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Are there specific types of um, online partners that you are, are reaching out to that you think would be a good fit for your product? Are you doing a lot of direct sales? more focused on Amazon. And by the way, we always have this debate in our office and like we switch back and forth all all the time. Do you prefer, like when you do, with your Facebook ads, are you going to be sending people to your website exclusively or do you do Amazon?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so tricky. I mean, we, so yeah. So we're, we've like argued about this too, but we are trying like two different campaigns. So one is, just to our site. And then one is going to be like an Amazon campaign because it's like people love Amazon, right? It's like your payment information is all in there. It's quick shipping. But I think with everything going on, also Amazon has kind of taken a tumble in terms of like things were out of like so many things were out of stock and like, I mean, not not even toilet paper alone, but just like normal day-to-day things. Right. Um, I mean, I guess it's, you know, kind of obscure, but I was like, oh, I want to get some like dumbbells for like, if I'm going to be working out at home, and like, like, there was nothing, like there's nothing like, you know, nowhere on Amazon could I find like a dumbbell or like a hand weight or anything. So I was using like soup cans. <laughs> I was like, yes. okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, and then I found something on like Dick's Sporting Goods website or something. And so I think people are kind of also right now, you know, losing a little bit of faith in Amazon because they're like, everything's sold out. Um, and isn't it, isn't
0: it weird? Kind of like for our, uh, and I say our generation. Yeah. How, how old are you? 27 Weird. Okay, so I'm six years older than you, but yeah. I feel, I'm I'm gonna say our generation anyway. So you're you're okay. my sister's age, yeah.
1: Perfect.
2: So,
0: um, I feel like we've grown up basically, you know, definitely in the in the age of the internet. Like we were the first, or I would say, well, when we start talking about the age of the internet, I would say that seven year difference is actually or six year difference is actually, uh, more meaningful.
2: Yeah. But
0: growing up on the internet, and like Amazon has become like the go to place, right? Like if you're not like what, what kind of product isn't on Amazon? Like, yeah. That's crazy. And when you want to buy something because we're all obsessed with Amazon prime, which as a consumer is fantastic, but as a small business owner is less, uh, inf- right. <laughs> yeah. but, um, it, it, it's, um, I, I guess it, it's tough to know where to put your money as a, as a, um, as a small business owner, because you know that it's easy and the people love and, and our generation, especially, but I mean, really everyone, like Amazon's one of the most valuable companies in the world. I'm not, I'm not like revealing this to anybody, right? Yeah it's but do you send people to Amazon where your margins are going to be less but right. everyone wants to buy them people's eyes light up like at trade shows I'm sure you get the same thing or special events so like oh, you're on Amazon yeah. I'm I have Amazon Prime and you're like yeah listen yeah. everyone has Amazon like a hundred million people in the US have Amazon Prime <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like it's that scene out of uh, that Jim Carrey movie yes man or oh, yeah. the, the the Kiwi is like I have a membership to Costco I I have, I have access to, to bulk, to to discount prices of of bulk items. And they're like, yeah, I I think everyone can get a membership. He's like, no, no, no. It's an exclusive membership.
2: (laughs)
1: It's like,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, everybody has has that.
1: I know. And it's always so nice too. When like, I'm sure you get this where, you know, people reach out like over Instagram all the time and they're like, Hey, I live in, you know, in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin or like somewhere. And it's like, are you in like my local grocery store? And I'm like, no and then I feel bad there's like nothing I can say I'm like but we are on Amazon Prime and they're just right. like yes like they're just so
2: stoked yeah
0: and, yeah. It, and that, that's always funny to me because it's like you didn't look on Amazon
2: yes.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure that's that's a whole nother segment that we could do about customers who just do things that are kind of like off the beaten path and you're oh, like oh yeah, well that, that's kind of a weird thing like people who take the time to write into us asking us like what are the ingredients in your product? I'm like, well, it's it's on the it's on the website. Oh, it, it probably would have taken you less God. time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How many emails a day do you guys get of people either a asking for free things, free samples, free product, or like Oof. people who are influencers or like want to collaborate because they're influencers, but they have like a hundred followers on Instagram?
0: Oh, Ali. Okay. <laughs> So Someone this, talk, this is literally exactly why I wanted to start my podcast. Orig- yes. this, is, this is the original podcast. It was basically just so that we could talk about, you know, how ridiculous it is. It's like when people reach out and they're like, I know I have a small following, but like my following really <laughs> likes me and they, yeah. they will buy whatever I say. And I'm like, you have 132 followers <laughs> and you got nine likes on your last thing. And yeah. by the way, even if you had 20,000 followers, yeah, th- like the, the impact, unless you are like a very, very small percentage of quote unquote influencers, most people are following you either because like you show a lot of skin or you have a great <laughs> six pack or like y- you do something really well. But whatever that thing is, it's probably not telling your followers what, $26 boxes of or, of organic energy bars to buy,
2: right? Exactly. Like that's,
0: I mean, like it just has to be, I mean, if, if it's a mom, if it's like a, a mom blogger who her whole following is nut free parents or like parents mm-hmm. of, of kids who are nut free and are look and like, then yeah, you're probably like, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a, a, a jar of, you know, a little sample of my, of, of queen.
2: Yeah. But if
0: it's like, but for most people like there's there's the the amount of value that influencers perceive themselves to have versus what it translates to yeah is just astronomically like diametrically opposed do do you agree with that
1: oh absolutely and i even i mean you know as someone who's been on the other side and who has brands come to me and i you know they give me product and stuff like i agree it's like And it's such the wild west where like I can basically, you know, charge to an extent like whatever I want. And depending on the brand and the size of their budget, they're like, sure, yeah, like let's do it. And so I think you just see so many people just, you know, promoting. And the thing that's really like kind of bothers me is I think so many brands now are they see influencer marketing as this like hot thing. So they're just sending like so much product yeah. and so you see these influencers just sharing and I mean myself included it's like like now I've just started to be like you know really picky about what I accept because all of a sudden it's like I'm sharing, you know, six different products in a day and like the people who are really going to be impacted is like the people who share granola butter, you know, every day at their breakfast and they talk about it multiple times a week and then people yeah. are like, you know, they then it's more influential because like think about the number of people that you know log on to Instagram and you know just see a fraction of like what you post yeah so yeah I don't know I I'm very torn I'm just very picky on who we send product to and like I've been lucky that you know I have some friends that also are influencers and I know like That they're very you know they convert well (laughs) and they're like definitely in our demographic of like the people that follow them but like yeah you get the girls in bikinis that are like i have a super engaged loyal following and like all the comments are like these dudes like creepy old guys that are like super hot so hot and i'm like something tells me that like (laughs) they're not going to want to buy granola butter i don't
2: know (laughs) yes
0: yes (laughs) a hundred percent i i absolutely so a quick anecdote so we started. Uh, in 2013 and in 2013 Instagram was still relatively new I don't know what year it was founded I'm sure I could yeah. I, I, I could let's see what year was
2: yeah, Instagram
0: did October 6th 2010 great okay. so basically we're, so we're we started two and a half years after Instagram so it used to be that if you had 20,000 followers and you posted, hey, Rickaroons are so delicious. I love them. Or or even actually not not even that direct. If you put, if you made a smoothie bowl and your your account was curated around beautiful pictures of smoothie bowls and you tagged Rickaroons and, and like, you know, put us in like where, where it was rather obvious or that we, that we were tagged, we would get, I would say, one purchase per thousand followers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
0: So twenty thousand followers, twenty online purchases. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll definitely send you some product. Cool. Mm-hmm. Put it, put it out there. And back then, it, like the term influencer may not have even been around yet, but it certainly wasn't a career option.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: so so people would go, hey, I, you know, I have uh, you know twenty thousand or actually most of the time we are reaching out to people. And say, hey, can we send you some product? And we'll give you a unique discount code, and we, it, it'd be super, super easy to track. And what has happened is those people, like bigger companies, caught on that in that to the to the to the impact that influencers could have. But I think that what happened was the perceived value started to drastically exceed the real value. When in the beginning it was kind of a it was a bargain, right? Mm-hmm. You could send a something that cost you $10 to make and you would get, you know, $500 or thousand dollars in sales. And, and as people started to follow more and more people as individuals, I think the people used to follow like their 50 closest friends and 10 influencers. And now people follow like a thousand people.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So now when, if we, if we gave you, so sorry, I, I know I'm a little bit all over the place here. Now, if, if we send product to someone, A, they probably want money to post. Mm-hmm. B, they probably, want, they probably will delete it after a certain amount of time or they want extra, you know, they're like different tiers to it, whereas it used to be a lot more organic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then because those bigger companies have come in and, and they, they've driven up the price, it, it, it costs a lot more. But the actual value that you're getting out of it it hasn't even stagnated. It, I think it's, it's absolutely plummeted. I think that if we sent product to someone now who has 20,000 followers, unless they are just like exactly what we talked about earlier, where it's like the exact perfect match with the brand, you're probably going to get zero purchases.
2: Totally. May,
0: maybe one. I mean, have you, have you experienced something similar or, or
1: yeah, I, I mean, yeah, for us, it's like, it's interesting because you know, I have just sent, free product to people who are, like I said, like my friends and who also have a large following and normally would probably charge brands to post. So there's a little bit of a loophole for us there. But that said, I mean, I don't know thousands of influencers, like my, my, you know, my reach, I'm like not that. My 500
0: (laughs) closest friends are all influencers.
1: Right, right. So it's like, you know, like my reach is only so far, but um, for people that you'd be surprised, like for people that, especially like some of the mommy bloggers. Yeah. Like I've reached out to them and you know, they don't have, they don't even have that many followers. You know, some of them, it's like maybe 25K or, or, you know, to 50K in that range. And like immediately it's like, oh, here's my agent or like, here's my assistant that, you know, will give you my rates. And I'm like, what? Like, here's my media package. Yeah. Here's my media kit. And so it's been really interesting. Just like you said, like, I think it's getting more, um, saturated and like finding those, but then we've also had ones, you know, who, maybe they have around like 70,000 or something and just their brand, you know, their followers really resonate with our product and, um, and everything. So we've gotten some good sales from that, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's the hit or miss.
0: Yeah. The, the spray and pray method of finding influencers does not work. It it truly is. it, It takes research and it takes time and effort and it still might not pay off. And I feel like that's, that's part of the the hard part about moving to e is that, you know, funds are limited
2: mm-hmm.
0: and but, well all sorts of resources are limited, t- mainly time and money, right? And then just like your general mental bandwidth. Yeah. So totally. you can only focus on so many things. And do you put that, you know, do, do you spend $3,000 to have a half page ad in you know, vegan magazine or, you know, whatever kind of checkout stand magazine there is, or do you spend $3,000 on Facebook ads and then doing AB testing or do you, or do you not do any of that and take that money and instead spend it on Instagram followers, but then you have to do all of that research into finding the exact right influencers. Mm -hmm. There's like so many little things. And I feel like that's one of the hardest parts about having a really small team is you can't just say, Hey, you—you you can't just assign it to like a, a a a a large team within, you know, your Fortune 500 company. You'd be like, hey, go find this best solution, and you have months to do it and endless cash flow. It's like, no, right now the 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 cash cow of your business is on pause, and in order for you to keep the lights on, you need to find new ways to bring in revenue, and you don't really have the 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 cash flow to spend on 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 a ton of research that you that you can just kind of write off to, to research right it needs right. to pay off it needs to pay off now
2: yeah
1: totally no I know it's tough yeah and I think prioritizing yeah like especially right now it's like figuring out what is a priority right it's like okay everyone I feel like is kind of swarming Facebook ads so then it's like is that even still going to be effective, you know, when it, like the costs are going to go up. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just kind of, I mean, for us right now, we're just like, you know, throwing spaghetti and seafood sticks, <laughs> throwing shit at the wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Um, I did have one, one uh, well, I always say that I have one more thing to talk about. And then we talk about five more things. But <laughs> as I was looking at your, your pre- your pre-interview, you were the first person to fill this out, by the way, my, my pre-interview <laughs> survey. So I'll survey you afterwards about my survey. Oh, cool. Jokes. Well, I mean, actually, if you have feedback, I definitely will take <laughs> it. But um, one of the things that I, I literally lo- I, I lulled when I read this, mm-hmm. uh, one of the questions that I have is, what is your least favorite question about your business to receive at a party and why? And yes. it is basically the exact same one that I, that I think about all the time. And you just have to put on a smile when, <laughs> when nice, well, well-intentioned strangers tell yeah. you how to run your business. Yeah, or Aunt Sally or, you know, Joe Schmo at a, at a Whole Foods when you're behind the demo table. And w- yeah. w- what, what is that question, Allie?
1: Have you guys ever thought about going on Shark Tank?
0: <laughs> like, no, I've been living under a rock for the last decade.
1: Mark Cuban, who's that?
0: <laughs> What's Shark Tank? Yeah.
1: <sighs> oh, it, my God. It's it's so bad because, you're like you said, like, I, I just smile. Just smile and wave. Just smile and be polite. But at the same time, I'm just like... I just, I tune out. Like as soon as someone asks me that I'm just so checked out from the conversation yep. from that point on. I'm like, I, there's no coming back from it. It's like, even if you tell me something super insightful about business after that, I'm like, I don't, uh, you have no credibility for me. After
0: yeah. That. Yeah. The, the, what are the other questions that are kind of in that vein? Like, have you thought about whole foods? Have you thought about Trader Joe's?
2: Yeah. You, so,
1: like, we get a lot of it. Like when we post on Instagram and it'll be like, I, I mean, and this is more like, I give people the benefit of doubt for this one, but it's like, I'll ask like, Hey, you know what, what markets do you want to see granola butter in next? And kind of just, I think part of it is like, people don't know how the food system works, but we get like, people are like Trader Joe's target. And I'm like, yeah, like no shit. Like I would love to get <laughs> in there. I was thinking more like your local co-op or like, give me some, some low hanging fruit, you know? Um, yeah.
0: It's like, yeah. okay. For, for everyone know, out there, yeah. for everyone out there listening, uh, mom, uh, yeah. if, if an Instagram account is still being run by the founder, the founder significant other, a family member of the founder, and and you know that, there's a, a, a good chance that Trader Joe's is probably not an option yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, it's like oh, thanks for, for uh, giving me that idea. I didn't even think of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like, if, if, if I'm in Trader Joe's, uh, we're doing, uh, I don't know, 10 20 million dollars a year, like just with that account. Like, that's that. That is yeah. like, I'm out, I'm outside driving my like, like, which, which of my Teslas do you want to take today? Is basically right, right, the, the follow up question to Tony.
2: Totally. Yeah, squishy. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, all right, I feel like you and I can talk forever, but let's go ahead and, and wrap this up. Uh, Queen. Granola butter, which I I actually have in front of me and is actually empty. So you and I need to meet up so I can I can trade you rickaroons yes. for my next supply of this. But well,
1: social distancing. I will send yes. you some.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, it, if people want to buy it, because they definitely should, because it's freaking incredible. What's the best way to do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends if you're going to the grocery store right now, but if you are, Whole Foods um, will also be expanding to the East Coast with Whole Foods. Oh congratulations!
0: Months. That's incredible.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean hoping hoping they don't push anything out. I don't think they will, but for we're set for July. So which um, which
0: regions are you in right now?
1: We're just in SOPAC right now. So okay. yeah, so like the whole this side of the country. Um
0: this side of the country. So we're in San Diego. So,
1: so <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. So
0: SOPAC meaning for in yeah. layman's terms.
1: So Southern California, Hawaii, Arizona, Nevada.
0: Okay, so and yeah, then, so Santa Barbara South.
1: Yes, right? yeah. And um, and then we'll be expanding to three additional regions. Um, so mid-Atlantic, which I believe, I don't really know where that is. I should look into it. And then Northeast. <laughs> so like New York, Boston, and then Florida. So, so
0: basically the whole Eastern Seaboard. There. Yeah. I mean
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah. Congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And then as we talked about, I mean, Amazon Prime for yeah. Yep. Pretty much, or site queen.co
0: and at queen.co no m yes, yes yes no m very important
1: that has been yes a little bit of a my achilles heel when people try to email Allie at queen.com and i never receive it and yeah
0: interesting no, think, well yeah, i'm sure when, when when you become the behemoth company that is inevitable you i'm sure you can secure queen.com and yes I'm sure someone's probably sitting on that site right now and is like, uh, yeah, sure. you, I, I would love to sell it to you for $100,000. And you're like, yeah, yeah about that. Uh, yeah.
1: Just there try to keep the lights on. There's guy that has, I think he has granolabutter.com and Eric had like emailed him and he like, yeah, he bought it like right when we launched or something because that's exact reason and he wanted to sell it to Eric for like something absurd, like 50K or something. And Eric was like, no, like I guess we'll just go without it. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Well, I mean, are, it's like if you're there are two, two two types of companies. It's like, are are you the venture funded company where you're like, yeah, this domain it's really important to us. 50k, no problem. Pull the trigger.
2: Right, right. Or
0: are you the kind of the the, the mom and pop or whatever the the young version of mom and pop is, where you're yeah. you're self funding, you're bootstrapping, your friends and family and you're like M- probably won't get paid this year. Or if you yeah. are, it's like you're just trying to <laughs> rub two nickels together. Yeah. You're like living off that old that old tech life where it like, oh, was like
2: it was
1: I know it's so wild it's funny though like Eric and I were just talking about it like you know I, I make a little bit from instagram here and there and my savings is actually higher than it was when I worked in tech because I was like making so much money but you just you just bleed money in San francisco like your rent I mean my rent was like eighteen hundred for like sharing a room. You know, it's like crazy. And then you're just going out all the time, eating, drinking. And like, I just felt like, and I also had just graduated college. So I had like no concept of like financial responsibility. <laughs> so I would just like money would come in. I'm like, great. Let's do it. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: $300 Equinox membership a month, like crazy shit. No
0: problem. Yeah. Yeah,
1: No problem. Easy. Go there
0: once a week. Go. Totally worth it.
1: Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Too hungover to go. Fine. No big deal. Yeah. I'll look
0: like this forever.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, thank you so much yeah. for having me. This is so fun. Sorry Squishy was barking a little bit, but
0: Um all right, Allie, you're you're incredible and your business is going to be around forever because uh there's no one else no one else like you, no other product like yours. It's I I I, I look at my peanut butter in shame now. Just <laughs> like like with with like scornfully just willing yeah. it to turn into granola butter. This stuff is so good.
1: You should put that on a t-shirt or something. Yeah, granola butter. Will embarrass any like something about yeah. Yeah, peanut butter yeah. yeah I need people on that
0: one yeah all right uh, awesome. thanks Thank so, much. so much yep ha- have a great night and uh, let's let's talk again soon I would say let's get coffee but uh, <laughs> let's let's not I don't know let's, yeah let's oh zoom. yes let's zoom soon let's let's we'll check in we'll I don't know exchange yeah. distribution lists I don't know I'm sure <laughs> that, or or what Facebook ads are working what's not
1: perfect. Yeah, I mean, send me your address and I'll get you guys some granola butter if you're needing it.
0: Nothing would make me happier. we we'll do it.
1: All right.
0: Awesome.
1: Thank you. Have a good night.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much to Ali Bonner for being on the show. If you would like to taste the magic of Queen Granola Butter, go to queen.co. That's Queen with a K and co with no M. You can get 15% off with the code Biz, all one word and biz with a Z. Then again, you can always show some extra support for a small business and skip the code, food for thought. Thanks to Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates and the front man, Ryan, AKA the guest of our next episode for use of their song, Geronimo. The ever depressing unemployment and COVID stats come from the Department of Labor website DOL.gov and worldometer.com. As I always will, I'm ending today's show with one unsponsored small biz recommendation. AKA, they don't know I'm talking about them. Today's business that you should support if you can is Nibble Chocolate. They make absolutely incredible single-origin dark chocolates with just two ingredients, organic single-origin cocoa and organic whole unrefined cane sugar. You can get a four-bar flight of 72% dark chocolate, each made with beans from Madagascar, Dominican Republic, Brazil, or Peru. Their packaging is beautiful and the perfect, off-the-beaten-path gift for a chocolate lover. Maybe it's time for some self-care, and you can write a supportive note to yourself. Dear me, you are awesome. Enjoy this chocolate because you're good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. Sincerely, me. So do some social distance shopping from your couch at nibblechocolate.com. No need to feel guilty because you're shopping small and helping the economy. Check out smallbizgoneviral.com for all episodes and updates. That's biz with a Z. I would genuinely love to hear from you with your feedback, input, interview nominations, and suggestions for future shows. You can always send me an email to smallbizgoneviral at gmail.com. Just like with small businesses, if you like this podcast, share it with friends. Tell them about it, post about it, put it on your Facebook, facebook.com. Someday, hopefully soonish, this will all be over. And until then, stay inside and remember to
2: shop small and buy local.